Hey, podcasters, we're here. Hey. The ladies of Rewatching Wine. And I'm Rhea. Rita. Champagne. And Lynn. And we are here today bringing you the book to movie adaptation of 13 Reasons. Why? 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 Uh, what's, what's his name? Jay Asher, right? Jay Asher. Jay Asher is the author. Ooh, what is that you're drinking? Today I'm drinking Stella Rosa Black. Very, very sweet. Um, Stella Rosa yeah. Black? Yes, it's very sweet. Mm. Okay. Stella Rosa. I actually have um, had two and a half of these already before we started. <sighs> Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, You're definitely no, in trouble. I think it's just, you know, mellow me out a little. You know what I mean? Um, but let's go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. Okay. What y'all think about this? What y'all think about this one? So I love, first of all, let's just say who this is. Um, I think it's Lynn's. Um, Leonard's. Leonard's pick. Oh, this is Reyes? Mm-hmm. This is Reyes? One really? of my absolute favorite. I'll tell you about it later, but finish telling oh, me about why wow. you love it. Wow, Rhea, now <laughs> I'm just going to say that this is really impressive. I mean, it was like along the lines of Lynn anyway to me. Yeah. Good point. If but she did not pick it, I was going to pick it. That's the no, this is Rhea. This book, I'm so impressed because I truly <clears throat> enjoyed this book. It was just a great story. It It really was. It really was. Um, It was interesting because how, I guess it was interesting because of how relatable it can be Mm -hmm. for it. Right. This stuff really happens, you know. It's good high school, right? And it's just these little things that take place that, you know, people just don't realize how they impact, have such a horrible impact on somebody's life. It's actually scary because every little thing that happened outside of the rape to her, you know, it seemed minor. Okay, you got the big butt, you're on the big butt list. But it's sort of all of the reactions afterwards. You're like, wow, you know, you never thought about how ignorant people react to those types of things. And you're absolutely right. It was so relatable to me and just... um just eye-opening. And I was having a conversation with other people about this book that we were reading. And, and I, I shared with, uh, with him that, you know, wow, this is so true to form. Because if you think back, we try to think back when you were a teenager in high school and whatever rumor may have came out about you or someone you knew and you believed it too, you know, it could have been anything. Oh, you know, whatever. It could have been anything, but it's so easily believable because they're so naive. And it's just, you know, it's just and how in this book, it was almost like a, a like a stacking effect. Like this little thing happened, mm-hmm. a little thing happened. It's a domino. It's a domino. Yeah, yeah, right. Just tipping away at right. like, who she was becoming. Right. And you could tell that she um, was looking for something to grab onto, what, trying to find who she should be. Because of her and her and Courtney, you know, her and the boy, you know, since she didn't know where to fit in. So she was willing to try a lot of different things, a lot of different friendships, I guess. And mm-hmm. every one of them 
kind of stabbed her in the back. It was just or including just, including a teacher. Yeah. Or even just um, hearing from like not even just rumors, but like you have your own body image that you're dealing with for one, but like self-identifying issues that you are building towards, especially at that age. And then when you have so much negative influence, whether it's a rumor or just people saying that she's a big butt, because like for me, I weighed like I was five, seven and weighed like 80 pounds. So my identity issues weren't having a big butt. It was being too skinny. So like it could be either spectrum. So I think like this book is so relatable because like everybody, whether they're male, female, bigger, smaller, who, whatever it is, black, white, they have all these self-identifying learning curves. And I think for her, she was drowning in this learning curve about her personality, yep. about her body, about her social status, yep. whether she had friends, didn't have friends, if she had a circle around her or a community to even like fall back on because her parents yep. were going through her own issues. The teachers were clearly not doing anything to help. But then like her friends weren't either. So it's like she was just drowning in this. And I think it's so relatable on so many different levels to everybody that goes to like the social construct of like high school or schooling. Yeah. So so this book has 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 always touched me just because of personally what has happened with my teenager in school. And I always felt like the teachers specifically Ms. Rossiter um, at Northwest High School at the time, who was the athletic director, truly contributed to the nonsense. And I think that, you know, I have seen time and time again where you have the teachers that get caught up in their position in a school. Maybe they weren't the prettiest, coolest, whatever, they weren't popular. And then they get into high school and they get these positions and it's all the kids love me. It's almost like they go backwards in time and then try to relive it. And you can't do that as an adult because the impact that you have on children, and I'm not saying, you know, they're babies. We're talking about impressionable people that don't realize what they're doing is ignorant. Um, And you feed into it and you even make it worse. And so for me, I actually, when this um, book came out, I literally bought 15 copies of it and I went to Northwest High School in Germantown, Maryland and passed them out to the principal, the assistant principal, the athletic director. You know, I was passing them out because they don't realize how much they contribute to the nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, It it hit home for me so, so badly. Um, And then also for me, when I grew up, you know, when I was younger, when I was in middle school, it made me think back to things that I did that contributed to other people. And I went out trying to search people like, oh, my God, I need to go find this person because I remember one time I called them. You know what I mean? You don't realize it. And I think, you know, if I had had an adult, a teacher, um, because they're the ones that see, you know, the parents don't see the side of you that school sees all the time. But the adults in the school see it. Um, and I just feel like at times either stay out of it and or say something but don't contribute to the nonsense so anyway right or a piece because i mean you said the athletic director and one of the things that came out in the book was that that football coach i mean he enabled everything and was really okay with it because his focus was so on winning the football game that to me he was you know he was the huge part of the problem because he was the one that could nip it in the bud act right or you're off the team Bam. Bingo. Just that simple. 
and they don't do it. They don't take advantage of it. And I think that just, you know, I almost went to jail over this mess, this kind of mess. So I, I know it hit home for me. That's why I went. I was like, this is my book. We can do that. I think I can, I can, I'm okay to handle it now. We can talk about it. But um, it's that time, social construct of like, you got to, the, the sports world is so big. And mind you, I, of course, love sports. But like, you have to be fair to all students and just like society in general, like the socialization of school itself. Like, yeah, the jocks, they bring in money because donors, um, they need like sport, uh, athletic equipment or a new stadium or whatever they do. But at the same time, like if there are students that are for one being bullied, but for two that have been like physically harmed, whether it's actual like full on rape or just like the bullying being shoved in the lockers, head in the toilet, like those small like aggressions add up. And they make a difference. And so they can't be swept under the rug. So for like the football coach and other teachers to be like, oh, he's a jock. He's a football player. He's a baseball like starter. None of that's okay at all. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that they um, they go into that. It's so many different types of bullying. You don't have to touch someone to be bullied. You know, words are just as powerful. She you know, we may not think that, you know, being called, you know, best butt or biggest butt is a negative or, you know, but she did, you know, so you don't know how something would affect someone, whether it, that person may think it as a positive or, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like, you, you just don't know. Yeah. And you're right. And and then the impact, like the immature impact of the guys, like, I really believe that she could have probably handled that if it wasn't for all of the ripple effect behind right. everybody reacted to it, that's the thing yep. me was like, why are they reacting like that? Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just crazy to me. And I just, I just, it just broke my heart because man, she was hit with a lot. Yeah. Yep. Then also the other people in her class were hit with other issues that had going on, whether they were mm-hmm. socially or just mentally aware, able to like deal with their own issues that like they wanted to be her friend but at that same age when we're all learning at the same time could you be a good friend at that time if you're going through your own thing so it's like a double-edged sword i know know, she gave them all so much of the benefit of the doubt i'm sorry she did no 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 you're just like every corner you turn like this person did her wrong but then she turned around and was just like okay i'll be a friend you know we can work it out and bam they did it again and I was like, oh my God, just don't try to be their friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. It, it's all of the little things that her friends did to her were bad. Um, the one that broke my heart aside from the rape was Courtney. After the picture came out of them kissing or whatever, and at the dance, she, to protect herself, she threw her under the bus saying she did all this extra stuff that she didn't even have to add on or whatever it's just just like tag you know like that's cold i've never like that is why did you even have to go there why even say anything to say it wasn't you would be done with it or you know walk away from it but you added on you added fuel to the fire you know because what she said was was horrible yeah yeah 
So well, it sounds like, man, we're all in agreement about this book. It was just, it really had you thinking. And I'm still in a little bit of a shock that it was Ray's pick. I, this whole time, I was like, what is that? I, I can be deep sometimes. I can be deep sometimes. I can. Okay. When this book came out, Ray and I sat down and we talked about it. Because it came out like, I was right out of high school. So like, like uh, right into college. And because she was handling things with her own teenager, my cousin, she also wanted to like check in to make sure like how I was. And so I read the book with Rhea and then I also bought several copies and handed it to a lot of people that I knew too. And I was like, I know you're not big on reading, but like this is something that's going to help you mentally, physically and throughout your life when it comes to dealing with like different types of relationships, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, two friends, um, adult, like a teacher versus a student, like all kinds of relationships. And so I remember buying my own copies and basically force feeding this down people's throats to read it too. Mm -hmm. I do want to say that this, um, this book really did take me back to high school. Um, (laughs) I I was bullied with words. um, And it, it does say something about your I guess foundation, because this could happen to anybody. And it does say something if you don't have a strong foundation at home, you know, that, you know, kind of support you and have, you know, this, you know, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, because if you don't, and this stuff creeps up in your head and you start believing it, and, you know, that's yep. when it turns, take a turn. Yeah. Well, you hear it one, you hear something one time, like, yeah, you can ignore it, but like constantly having that right. tag into your head, exactly. it's like, no, I didn't believe it at first, but then like, it's Dang, that it conditioning where like yeah. you, it just becomes that little voice when you keep hearing it over and over again, yeah. takes its soul. Right. I mean, she was literally the slut of the school, what was so yeah. about And I haven't had sex with anybody. Right. I mean, literally no one. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. It really is. What do you guys think about the um the movie? Okay, so one real real quick. Yeah. If it wasn't it. for Clay walking around with this band-aid and this cut on his head, I wouldn't have been able to differentiate between what's now and what's he thinking in the past. Right. Or in, right. the, in the series, you mean? Yeah, in the series. Yeah. I mean, I oh kind of tried to dull down the picture a little bit so it looked a little black. A little bit. Right. It also it zoomed into a enough. different angle, too. Yeah. Every time it was a flashback, they zoomed into a different angle. It, it wasn't quite enough. I agree with you. Because I'm like, oh, okay, it was real? Is I'm like, okay, does, does he got a cut? Does he got a cut? Like <laughs> a Band-Aid or something. So, so I I enjoyed season one of the series. So in reference, everyone, um, for our listeners, season one correlates to the book. There are four seasons out and it goes past in like different social issues, but it does not correlate to Jay Asher's actual 13 Reasons Why book, just season one. So I treat but what's interesting is that his name is on the credits for all the seasons. And I am so curious. If he was involved in the writing of the screenplays for the rest of the seasons, because I'm so disappointed in the turn that the story took in the rest of the season. Well, put it this way. It was a good story, but I'm so disappointed in how they destroyed um, Hannah's character in the second and third season because they made her kind of this person she was no longer innocent in the in the next two seasons they completely changed her personality they had her 
having sexual relations with people and, you know, that were secret. And that's not what I got out of that book. Um, season one, I felt like you didn't feel any of that. And it followed the book to me pretty well. But once you got to season two, and of course I had to keep watching it because it ended up being a good story, but I wish they wouldn't have changed who she was as a person. I don't know how you guys feel about it. But but don't, doesn't society do that though? Yes, like exactly. have no narrative on That's what you perceive that in society. So yes, we all knew that Hannah was this person who's going through her mental issues and physical issues and whatever she was going through, and she wasn't this bad sexualized person. She or she was she was she was sexualized, not sexual. Excuse me, but society and the community around her just dogged her out. But like, how many times have we heard about these people who have been sexually attacked or even just came forward and then they're like, oh, well, she was walking around in a mini skirt. So she exactly. was for it. So yeah, I completely agree. I don't like how they changed her image, but it's so real to society because oh, they will so tear real. a person apart just to make themselves look better in some way or some fashion because we asked for it. Yeah. That was another Sorry, go ahead, Champagne. It was another thing in season one that was disturbing to me, and I and I, I guess it makes sense now once you get to the other seasons, is that you know, every almost every person that described Hannah said she was full of drama. I didn't get drama. She was just trying to be friends with people. She didn't, I didn't feel like she caused drama. Even at right. one point, play was like when uh, Jeff died in a car accident, he was like, oh, you're always making it about you. You're so, you're so, you have so much drama. I'm like, wait, like, where, did I miss something? Like, no. not dramatic. Because she had emotion. All she had was a little emotion. Drama. That character assassination started in book one and I didn't even really exactly champagne, but you're absolutely right. She wasn't dramatic. She just exactly. happened to be around Season other one. things that drama came around and her name got pulled into it. Even though she wasn't causing any drama, doing anything, any right. dramatic at all. Yeah. Yeah. Even she doing like the morally right thing when um, Sherry ran to the stop sign. I think it was not right. the first season, but anyways, um, she was like, you have something about it. It could cause other problems. And because she wanted to speak up, she was correlated into drama that was not supposed to be, you're doing the right thing. So exactly. the deprivation of that character that just like, yes, annihilating her and annihilating her night. I hated it, but I, it was real. Right. It was so real. You're right. But it made me so angry. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, they just destroyed her character. Right. And even Tony, like, I just was so confused because Tony was supposed to be her friend, the only friend, technically from a distance or whatever. But he had said, like, right before she died, she tried to contact him or she didn't. He didn't answer. Oh, she he put she put the. I guess the tapes on his step or something. And he could have, he said he could have went to the door, but he didn't when she left or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I didn't want to deal with the drama. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. I just, I was very disappointed with that. I'm like, wait, y'all attacking this girl and she didn't did anything wrong. The whole. Exactly. Right. The converse out of it is like with the other seasons, you saw what Tony was dealing with at home. So maybe it wasn't drama, like, to say that she was, like, you know, going to be like, oh, my God, tell me to do this. But it was more like, I had enough right behind this closed door. Opening this door is going to add too much to my plate that I can't handle. So exactly. I see it as drama, but I see it as in, like, all the other characters had other things going on. And sometimes you can't be there for other people if you can't be there for yourself. And so yeah. that's the way that I was kind of taking it from the other seasons. The first season, I was like, tell me, open the fucking door. Right. right. 
the rest of them, I was like, all right, this, he had just as much going on with yep. his own life and family too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you guys want to talk a little bit about the differences, I don't know if Champagne has a long laundry list because there were a lot of differences that were not relevant, but annoyed yeah. me. I can't understand. I'm going to say. Like I'm from the shoe, shoe store to the drugstore. Like, why? What? Right. right. And then the lawsuit, I get why they had to incorporate the lawsuit because they had to have it to continue on with the other seasons. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I wasn't happy with that change, but I was happy with the fact that her parents got to hear the tapes because that didn't happen in the book. Yeah. So that made me feel some comfort that at least they got the why. Right. Yeah, they knew the why. Any other changes that drive? Well, mine wasn't a lot of changes. I was, for some reason, in this particular book, I wasn't focused on the changes. I was more focused on um, what confused me. I know. Sorry. Yeah, I did just because (laughs) I was so confused on little things. And I'm just like, well, why? Starting with the drama thing. And I'm just like, well, why? So a lot of the things that was confusing to me still probably are irrelevant, but I don't care. I don't think they're, (laughs) I don't think they're irrelevant to me. I think you were caught up in that whole, like, why are you treating her this way? Like, yeah. you're still trying to figure out how do we get there? Because that right. to me is the biggest thing. It's like, I, I can go it through the whole book like, yes. Every yes. single step, it could have yes. been avoided. Yes. Just by somebody saying hello to her or how are you doing today? Literally. Like, or even yeah. just saying, I met my personal threshold. I got a lot going on. I, I love you, but I just can't be all that for you right now. I mean, even just her best friend, like that's so ignorant. Yeah. So that whole thing, I was gonna get to that, but go ahead. Go ahead. Champagne said that um her biggest, like one of the biggest ones was Courtney. To me, it was Jessica. Like (laughs) I get that you wanted to not acknowledge what happened to you personally, physically. Cool. But like you complained about how your friends for one meant so much to you, but for two, how people weren't there for you. Yeah. You had like the one opportunity to do that for her, yep, but for instead, somebody else. Yep. you chose to like, just back away from like, like yep. life. Instead of just yep. being like, look, I don't want to talk about what happened to me, but I want to continue our friendship. It took a sentence to change it. And the right. fact that like, she just was so outspoken at it's season one. So outspoken as a person, like I am who I am. I love my body, this and that. But you can't even say it's your best friend of being like, look, I just can't be your friend right now. Or even, hey, I'm dating Alex. How that's, hard would have that Because that's what I was about to say. It started there because they were being very deceitful. Y'all all were friends. They're all three of you. And you, you, got, you guys just stopped hanging with her, which she seems very understanding if you explain it to her. Like, you know, because she and originally when um, Alex was at another table and they were together, she told Jessica that, oh, he's checking you out. So she was exactly. cool with that. But then y'all all became friends and then y'all cut her off and then tried to, you know, still hanging out without her. That feels just like a jab. If y'all still- it's just like, what's wrong with me? What, what's right. wrong with me that y'all did this to me? Right. That's just one more thing of what is wrong with, with me? me. Exactly. They created the drama in her head, as in like she's not gonna like us being together. And she was like, "Y'all, I'm cool. We're friends." Right? Like, yeah. Like she like it's fine as long as we're still friends. But right. they created the drama that she's right. gonna get upset. Right. She has a problem with us dating, and I'm like, "That's not true friendship." 
So in that situation, when it came to her being about the drama, she had nothing to do with that own drama and that narrative because they made it up for her. Right. Yeah. Little things. Jay like actually that. did a wonderful job. Like he hit so many different things that I feel like we could talk for two days about this book because. <laughs> oh Lord, I got so a whole list of stuff that I had like big bullet points to narrow it down to this two hours long. <laughs> exactly. So, but Lynn, was there was there a change in season one that you absolutely hated? Um. No, most of them were irrelevant, like the bookstore thing. I was like, well, why would they do that versus like a pharmacy or like mm-hmm. a, a general store? And I got that they wanted to be able to, to sell the tapes that she used mm-hmm. to make the recording. That was the only way that she had to be able to like make the recording. So I was like, maybe that's why. But at mm-hmm. first I was like, does that really matter? I'm like, okay, well, the tapes. Yeah. I get okay. It. Right. So that was pretty much it well that and like how you said that i like how the parents got to listen to the tapes in the series that part i felt was really meaningful that like they finally got to see hear her side because yeah it doesn't happen yeah when they're when your loved ones you know end their lives you don't get to hear the other side so i'm glad that happened so did anybody else catch um the stupidity of it all with courtney when um, Hannah realized she had a stalker or thought she had a stalker and she was telling Courtney about it. It was like, okay, well, you know, let's set a trap or whatever. I'll come over. We set a trap, whatever the case is. So they became instant friends, obviously, but you know, Courtney had her little secret and, you know, played the game to get her. Now, my point is if you are going over this girl's house to catch a stalker, what makes you think that night he's not looking in the window? <laughs> and you wanted to stick your tongue in her mouth. So, <laughs> so who, who brought that drama? Like, come on, y'all. It's just yeah. like, that's so dumb. It's very frustrating. It, it was. was very frustrating. Like, girl, why would you go over there knowing y'all going to there to catch a stalker who's been taking pictures of her at night in the window, but you kiss yeah. her and then get mad yeah. at Speaking her? Speaking of the stalker, though, that guy, Tyler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lord, Lord, Lord. True. Also true. Character. Also true. His character. Like, now I can't remember like his his rape. That was that wasn't in season one, right? That one. That, okay. So later on in the in the story, the way they developed his character. Now his character broke my heart. Like I could yeah. cringing. Like oh my. Yeah. God. Even before so the way that he was treated. Oh yeah, it broke yeah. my heart too. Yeah, it was just uh, it was just crazy. So let me just tell you one thing that made me want to scream in the series was how long it took Clay to get through them damn tapes. Bruh. <laughs> I promise you. Book, he was like, boom, boom, boom. In the series, I'm like, let this episode in with that joke of throat pulling the things off his ears, talking about I'm not listening to him anymore. I was like, listen to them damn tapes. <laughs> 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 on the mountain with Tony to get through like one tape. I'm like, bro, why could you take him there six episodes ago so we would have gotten through all of them? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even Tony was like, dang, you're taking the longest with these tapes. Like, oh, nobody takes this long. <laughs> Even at the end, they showed the prince, the, the counselor finishing his tape, his last tape. Like, dude. In one day. In one day. That now we all want to finish out. I mean, we're older, but we've all listened to a cassette and had to like turn around to like side B. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. <laughs> it doesn't. At all. We've all listened to a whole cassette tape front and back. <laughs> Being as our, our age doesn't take that long. No, right. Even right. with thirteen of them, not that long. Right. That's the only way to listen to the Escape album. 
Right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what's scary is um what was his name? The rapist. His character. Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. How could I forget that? Bryce Walker. How true that is because some of these guys out here who committed rape or maybe thinking about or have thought about the explanation, they they, they truly believe that. Oh, she <laughs> she wanted it or you know, she was making flirty eyes at me. Like, um, no, I wasn't. I was trying to get out of the right. She didn't she say, no, I don't right. want to have sex in that exact title. Because every woman wants every man 24 hours right. a day. Like, they just want them. So and that's bad. the scary part, because it really is people out there like that. Mm-hmm. That's very scary. Yeah. That's a slippery slope that I'm not going to go down, because I have a whole thing about that entitlement especially with straight men and gay men yeah that whole every gay man wants them type thing literally yes. just tries to nail oh like but mm-hmm. i have to go to that rabbit hole but i feel the same way about that about how every man feels that every woman has to be attracted to them no no right. absolutely not and then at 100% that not. like i mean you don't have to say no you just not do it like it doesn't have to be like a conversation between a male and a female being like, oh, no, we don't have to have sex. No, no I don't even have to bring that up in conversation. Right. Like, I, if I don't nobody, want you, if I don't want the broomstick on the left, no. It's a no. No, not everyone wants to. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a whole, whole, I could talk yeah. about two hours. I mean, no, I'm there. with you, Lynn. I'm so there because I'm like, dude, like, what makes you think? That everybody wants you. I mean, unless- and I had that in high school all the time, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, what, what, who, what kind of billboard did you read that on? Because it's not true about <laughs> you at all." I was a fly that I missed, like a brochure, because nobody right. wants you. And if they do, <laughs> right. it's literally the little devil on your shoulder telling you that because it's not actually true. Right. And if you actually knew the names that we were kind of calling you behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have stand up in the cafeteria and be like, raise your hand if you want so-and-so. Nobody? Yes, yeah, just you. Right. <laughs> it is why I, like, I, I just had to sit by myself sometimes and be like, <laughs> my mouth, that that uh, that doy mouth about to come out. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, let's move to characters because we've been talking about this. Um, let's move to cast. I don't know how you guys felt about the cast, but I just love that that Jay Ashner gave no concrete descriptions of each character. So when they got this series, the diversity of the characters were phenomenal. And, um, and I just, I loved it. It wasn't a lot of yeah, it's outstanding. attached to each character and the way that they sort of were, <laughs> except for like the jocks. But um, I just thought the diversity was, was awesome. I did too. Hannah was absolutely beautiful to me. To the perfect pick. I somebody that's kind of what I imagine, I guess. This, you know, um girl next door kind of look. She nailed that um, accent too. Cause I didn't even know she was, like didn't have an American accent until like I heard her interview. Like, she doesn't? She doesn't? No. I think it's like either British or from like New Zealand. I don't know actually, yeah. but it's not from it's American. Yeah. I love her. I didn't know that. She killed it. That to be like her amazing. first like major role, I was like, I mean, for one, you, she's beautiful, like that perfect yeah. girl next door look from like this book. But then when I heard her talk, I was like, this chick is so talented. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Now that is impressive. 
I yeah. Clay didn't have an American accent. I don't know why, for some reason, I felt like I heard an accent in his voice, but I didn't research this to find out anything about him. Yeah, he will forever be Clay from this. <laughs> All I, I see know. is Clay every time I see him now. And I just saw him in a preview of another uh, film, too. And I was like, ah, Clay. <laughs> I feel like it's hard because like they all each made their role. Like they did a good yeah. job to me as, a, as an actor, as a character. And I feel people feel bad for people like Bryce. I mean, I picture like that little jock rapist now. So like clearly <laughs> in the next movie, he could like change it around, but I'm gonna be like, man, I still don't even like you. Right. right? <laughs> it's gonna be like how I am with Danny Glover. I used to be with Danny Glover after Color Purple. Like I hated him. <laughs> still do. Still do. Sorry. Still do. And it's not who they are, clearly, but like when they had the little pop-ups that said, hey, you know, look, reach out for help, he would talk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you're a really good actor that I hate you even talking right now. Why are you sitting with everybody else talking about get help when it's all your fault? And I thought about it. I was like, good actor, but you hate them after the fact. Yeah. Get yourself together. Yeah. Right. So did you become part of that actor. show? You did a Raya. <laughs> right. I know. Right. I was, I was sitting in those bleachers too. <laughs> Ray, you're awfully quiet. Is that the wine? <laughs> I think part of it is that like Raya knew this was all going to happen in this conversation, and she's just sitting back, being like, "This is why I chose that book to talk about." Right. And exactly. See. <laughs> well, I'm glad you chose it. It was a great book, and I mean, for anybody watching this. Go and read the book. Please read the book before you watch the series. Well, yeah, read the book first. It really helps to give you some foundation of the character and a lot of what we've been discussing. Um, and then if you are part of any youth groups, I would encourage you to buy it similar to what Rand Lynn did and hand it out because it could encourage conversation and get folks talking. I hope when we start our outreach, we can use this book um, with one of our young adult you know, community teams that we work with because yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, to get some discussion about making sure you engage people and talk to them. Yes. Exactly. Also, like, just finish the whole series. I know it's a lot, but, like, just I personally had a lot going on, like, that was similar. We had uh, the sniper while I was in school. We had somebody actually commit suicide at my high school while I was there. So I had a lot of issues that, like, we needed grief counseling to talk about and that this show starts that conversation. And so I think that just keep watching straight through. You can have adults can talk to their kids. Kids could actually bring it up to adults. Like it might not be your mom or your dad, but like your godmom, your uncle to lay down the street that you always go and get the extra snacks from. You can be anybody <laughs> that you trust. Right. I think it's a good conversation starter between like just for mental health and physical health, right. mental health too. Yeah. I think you're right, Lynn, because the series, as it goes on, touches on so many other issues um, outside of suicide. Just it really continues this dialogue of challenges that the kids are facing in high school. So, yeah, finish the series. I'm struggling. I think I still have one more season, um, but I'm just, you know, I was kind of over like the drama and I, I couldn't. I had a hard time with that last season, but the storyline was good. Right. Can't hear you. I see your lips moving. There you go. Really? <laughs> okay. Can I give my assessment? Yeah. Yes. Sure. Come on, What happened? 
full glass from me. Oh, full glass. Okay. So I have to agree with Rhea that season one in the book was the adaptation. I just think they they did a really good job. There were some irrelevant changes, but as far as the storyline goes, it was it's a full glass. I think any um, adaptation that make me forget to write down all of the things that I just like really deserve a full glass. So full glass for me. I also give it a full glass. I I enjoyed the book so much. And then when I watched the series, I was like, if they mess this up, like <laughs> I'm Googling Jay Asher's house and been like, where were you? Right. I'm very glad that I did not disappoint. And I'm very glad that like he actually was in on the adaptation to make sure it stayed true enough to make that same impact that it gave his readers as it gave her his watchers. So full glass from him. All right, Rand. All right, Rand. Go, Rand. Go, Rand. Girl, you up in here redeeming yourself because I feel like this is a full bottle you didn't got, right? You got like four more full bottles to go to redeem. <laughs> I'll get them. <laughs> no, you have redeemed yourself because this one, this was a winner right here. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in with us with this deep discussion. We would love to hear what you have to say about this. And if you have any experiences that you want to share. Uh, we can continue this discussion on another whole podcast if you want to. I would love that. I would because love that. It really, uh, it really touched me and it, I know it touched everybody on the podcast. So we would love to hear what you have to say. Thanks for tuning in. Rewatchwine.com, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Yes. And follow, follow, follow. Instagram. Or even just email us at rewatchwine at gmail.com and tell us like, how this book impacted you and we can have that discussion for our second episode add on just let us know this kind yep. of will never die exactly <laughs> right. absolutely all right Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.